Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. conversation. (laughs) Welcome back to Third Eye with Lorelai. And I have two very wonderful people with me today that we're just going to be talking about being an empath and your journey to becoming an empath and learning what that looks like for each individual person. Because you may or may not know that being an empath is sort of like being on a spectrum. Like all human beings have different ways of being and personalities and I believe the empathic realm is the same. So with me I have Heather Spencer. Hi. And I have Fernie Whoever. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And two of my avid listeners and we are going to talk about being an empath today. So I want to start, does either of you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) For any whoever. I'll volunteer. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. That's right. <laughs> I do. Because it's very appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, being an empath for me, uh, I think I've always kind of known, even when I was little, although I didn't have words for it. I always felt really different. I grew up in a really, really Christian household, and um, when I was young, my parents were still really actively involved with the um, church that they were a part of, um, and we had lots of church meetings. They called them fellowships, and you know there was lots of speaking in tongues and singing and all of that. And there was always a really big part of me that kind of looked at the people around me and were like, I don't really... I don't really jive with this, with with what's going on. And there was lots of teaching about perceiving things that couldn't be seen was either God or it was evil. And I was never really sure about what I was feeling. I couldn't, and there was lots of conflict about that because I I, I didn't know. I, I didn't really feel like I understood God as it was being explained to me. It didn't make sense. And so if it wasn't that, then it was something bad. And so I dealt a lot with feeling like I was just kind of wrong a lot as a kid. And then as I got a little bit older in my teenage years, I started to kind of reach out and break away from my family because I was a little older and I could. Mm -hmm. I had a little privacy. And I started to get into spiritualism and Wicca and witchcraft and all that. And I started to learn what an empath was. And then it was like a kind of a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So for me, how I experience it is I'm very, very clairsentient. Mm. That's the correct one, right? Where you feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I experience the emotions of other people on a really deep, sometimes even tactile level. Mm. So I'll hug people and I can feel, Mm. I can feel not only like within my heart and within my emotional body, what they're feeling, but I can feel it in my skin and I can feel it in my stomach and I can feel it in my head. 
So there have been times where I'll meet someone who's like really like going through profound grief or really, really angry or just like having a really bad day and I can hear like a humming in my head and in my ears and it'll kind of like sit down in my stomach like a knot in my stomach. Or on the other hand, I can also meet people who are just like real open and bubbly and full of joy and it like feels like uh, a big warmth in my heart. And like, it took me a really long time to kind of make sense of what all that was and have words for what all that was. And there's a lot of work that goes with trying to boundaries, Mm, (laughs) learning how to keep boundaries. Because I also am someone who, and I feel like this is true of a lot of empaths, is they want to make it better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, they meet someone. Yes, (laughs) always, right? You meet someone and you feel that real profound pain or not even profound pain, just pain, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm having a real bad day or, you know, whatever. And you want to fix it. You want to take it. And if you don't know how to ground that (laughs) really, really well, then it's, you can end up with a lot of physical stuff and serious emotional stuff. And I'm still, it's, that's still a learning process for me. I definitely am not like, oh, I am like empath superhero. I know how to... (laughs) (laughs) I know how to take care of all those things. No, it's still definitely a learning process for me. I feel like that's sort of like how most empaths are. I feel, yeah. like I've come across anybody that's like, I got this shit down. Right? (laughs) Well, I'd really like to meet that person so I can be like, please teach me all your ways. Well, as soon as you think that you have this shit down, then life's like, hey, (laughs) here's a little slap for you. Go and get a slap. So that's like just a little nutshell of me and how I experienced that. Mm. I love that. I feel like I am almost like at the opposite end of the yeah. spectrum. <laughs> so I I have very strong, clear boundaries, which I feel mm-hmm. like is kind of almost kind of rare for an empath. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that I still experience people's emotions but I feel like what I do instead of, I do feel them, but I also like reflect their emotions. Oh. So like whenever I'm around people, if like I'm around somebody that's really happy, I'm also really happy and I'm able to reflect that emotion back to them. Same if they're really angry or, you know, if they're really high like stress Mm -hmm. then I also feel that and I reflect that back to them but just like you were saying because I'm able to also feel that inside me and reflect it I want to fix it because I don't want I I see that that's not my own emotion and I don't want to be in that you know space anymore and so I'm like let's fix this. <laughs> yeah. yes. Let's change what's happening because the way that you are is it's affecting me too. Let's, let's get better together. Yes. You know, yes. you know, so when I was a kid, like I feel like I had, you know, a lot of boundaries. I was really sheltered. I feel like, because in a similar way, um, my family was, you know, very, religious and I didn't have a lot of exposure to anything other than Christianity and I you know I I've always been a spiritual person and so I kind of was like oh you know I kind I kind of relate to this like you know I can I can get kind of where they're going but there was a lot of conflicts that I had with 
religion more specifically, yeah. um, which kind of alienated me from, you know, that whole scene. And then I went through a period of time where I was angry at, you know, that whole thing because I felt, I don't know, I just felt disconnected from it. And so I almost went to like the ex- other extreme. So like I was, you know, spiritual when I was growing up and then I was like, felt disconnected in my teenage years. So I was like, nothing. I don't want to have anything to do <laughs> with it at all. And so <laughs> Devoid of all yeah, things yes. spiritual. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so then finally, I don't know, it, you know, actually it was your podcast that oh. really kind of woke me up again to it. And yeah, which has been awesome. And since then, it's been like fast and furious, like incredible amounts of change. And it's been really great because it's, I've really f- like found who I am, which has been amazing. Yeah. That a lot of amazing. growth and a lot of learning yeah. very fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really great, though, because I'd rather you kind of open up to change than just open up to being one way, you know, and then just kind of, and I guess we could just establish that we've all kind of had our own experiences with religion, like most people, but with, I I feel like the connection here with all of us is that we grew up in a house where there was a profound sense of religious dogma present, and it was, in our senses, it was Christianity. Which isn't bad. I feel like Christianity has its upsides and, you know, very prevalently has some of its downsides as well, as with most religions. But, you know, with me, with, with growing up, I, I dove in deep with the whole religion aspect because I felt like I wanted to belong and I wanted to have some kind of a, I don't know, have, have some kind of meaning that was you know, seated deep within myself that I had like some kind of power or some kind of, you know, something within me that had that drove purpose, you know, into wherever we are into this earth. And so I felt like, oh, well, that that means that religion will give me that purpose. And so I, I dove in deep with it. And, you know, of course, I, I, I felt very restricted, for the most part. You can only be this way. Right. You cannot be this way. You can be friends with these people, but you cannot be friends with these people. Yeah. Which in and of itself is very contradictory. It is like... extremely. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's like love all of people except except for, for these, these a holes in the corner. <laughs> you can't. You can't. And those a holes happen to be us. <laughs> that's the funny thing about it now i'm not trying to dissuade any of you who are of the christian faith listening to this podcast i'm not meaning to downplay your faith that's not what i'm trying to do well because there's just as many different ways to be christian as there are to be empathic totally agree (laughs) it's a spectrum always a spectrum always 100 of the time (laughs) so but you know where i came from it it's it felt like you know, I had all of this, like, you can only be this way and not this way. And it finally got to the point where, you know, I met this guy and, you know, I had made all these plans to like move and do things, but I was still very deeply in the the church. And, um, you know, I, I was start, I felt like I was starting to fall for him and I knew that he wasn't Christian. 
I, I knew he wasn't. He didn't have a church, but you know, I had that same mentality you guys had. I can fix it. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I can I can fix that. <laughs> there it is, right? There's where you start realizing, oh, maybe might be a little bit empathic, but of course I wasn't allowed to think that way, right? So I meet this guy and I think, yeah, I'm starting to fall for this guy. And I'm really nervous about bringing it to, you know, the deacons of the church. Because at that point I was going to this Baptist church. And I finally do. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, well, you can't date him anymore. He's not Christian. You can't date him anymore. He's going to, you're, you're going to end up getting married and you, you're going to have children and then you're all going to go to hell. And I know that sounds like super, but that's literally yeah, the worst. Yeah. And that's not every single Baptist person. No, that's not every not. single person. It was just this person. one in this instance. Yes. And the, in this instance, it was the people that I'm supposed to, supposed to look up to. And so that was sort of my, you know, my... Exit point. Yep, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> the exit point where I was thinking to myself, well, that's stupid. And surprisingly, my mom, who's actually a very religious person, well, I don't want to say religious. She's very spiritual. She has her own like faith that she follows, right? She still does the, the, the reading of the Bible and the things, but I, I think she tries to keep it relatively to herself. But she was the one that told me that I'm being ridiculous. You know, like, you have to be with this guy. I've met him. They've never Mm -hmm. met him. How can they make those judgments? And I'm like, why couldn't I just see that for myself? And I feel like that's, for the most part, kind of how I've been, like, growing up. I kind of don't really realize it. And then I get it. And then I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really hard when people are telling you one thing, especially people that you really look up to and that you value their opinion. If, you know, they're telling you something is right and true, it's hard to, to look past that. You have to do some work on yourself to really be in a place to be able yeah. to yeah. look past that. Yeah. You know, and I've always thought to myself, you know, um, because I, <laughs> I always looked up to my older sister and what she was doing. And I thought to myself, well, like, I guess maybe, you know, you could have a little magic in your life and... I wonder if that's actually a thing. Like, that's kind of cool. But then, you know, the dogma set in and was like, no, 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 that's not a thing. That's evil. That's evil. That's evil. (laughs) You can't can't have that. (laughs) I think it's really hard, particularly with that dogma. Like, even like you said with your mom, even if, you know, you have people in your life who are loving and supportive and willing to demonstrate, like, grace and kindness and acceptance. Because my mom was the same way. Like, she was very she was always accepting of me like she never ever gave me messaging of like you're wrong you're bad who you are is bad but it was the belief system Mm -hmm. you know it's inherent in the belief system that if you aren't this specific thing then you're wrong and you're bad and you're evil Mm. and I mean in your instance you did have people directly saying to you that's evil (laughs) no it's bad and I probably somewhere along the line had people say things like that to me. I don't ever recall anyone ever actually saying to me, what you are is bad. But it's inherent in that belief structure. Mm-hmm. You know, you're either this or you're out. Yeah. And that's just, that can be really hard. And, you know, like I said, that there's lots of different ways to be Christian. And I have lots of Christians in my life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them 
are wonderful, loving people. I mean, my best girlfriend is about as, I mean, she's Lutheran. (laughs) That's like decaf is what she calls it. Decaf? (laughs) Decaf. It's like Catholic light, right? (laughs) (laughs) I literally legit have never heard of that. That's amazing. Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) And girlfriend knows all about everything about me and she couldn't be like more welcoming and loving and accepting and like willing to be in it with me and talk about all these things and like think about so there's lots of different ways. Yeah. But I just feel like what we all experienced as kids was just this belief structure that was like, eh, nope. Yeah. It's very <laughs> oppressive. Yeah. It can be really oppressive. Yes. And I feel like religion, for the most part, comes from a seed of lovingness and mm-hmm. compassion and learning. Because I, I feel like the core values for most religions, and I say most because I don't really no, know every 100% what every religion <laughs> says. Right? So. Ooh, and that could be a podcast in and of itself. Oh, that, yes. could be, that could be like a lot <laughs> many, of podcasts. Many, many podcasts. So many episodes. <laughs> um, but the ones that I've familiarize myself with the the teachings are all relatively the same mm-hmm. like love others equally you know and the karmic thing like mm-hmm. karma i feel like mm-hmm. is present in almost every single religion yes. in one way shape or form you know yeah they all have very similar teachings i mean when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of their you know core values they're yeah. all very similar and they're all mostly like loving and good right but it's really when you get into the trenches of religion and mm-hmm. dogma of yeah. religion and that's when it starts to get a little bit hairy yeah agreed i also kind of feel like when when you were talking Frinny, about the some of the religious aspects and the right and wrong I, what popped in my head immediately was this whole masculine energy mm-hmm. and oh, it's totally. you know what I mean <laughs> yes. like don't you feel like some of that dogma that a lot of people are kind of re- repelled from is that whole either or black or white mentality uh-huh. that is I mean I don't want to downplay the masculine because the masculine is a very like powerful force that's very necessary because it's our part of our balance yeah. but if you think about it, you know, as we move into this feminine energetic, like how now we kind of see why a lot of these like all this 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 anger and frustration and this buildup is set forth because it is literally the opposite of what we've been doing for however long right. that this masculine energetic has yeah. been in place. Well, and it's just that. I mean, really that you're right. It's a very masculine energy. I mean, I don't want to like downplay anything but i mean look at the cat like the structure of like the catholic church dude it's very <laughs> masculine well and in most churches most churches most you're right religions. you're right but yeah, that's like that's like a big dog though, you know what i mean yeah <laughs> um but like i mean there has to be a balance yeah it can't just be all masculine there has to be some feminine there too feminine in there too yeah you know that's life that's the universe like there's balance and so we've been really masculine for a while i think it's time to move <laughs> move it along into yes. some gray and into some color yeah you know what i mean because <laughs> some swirly bits some swirly <laughs> i like the swirly bits i love the swirly bits oh god that makes me so happy <laughs> 
So, Lorelai, you didn't tell us how you experience empathicness. Oh, in thank your you. Body. You know, I do these things, these tangents, and then I forget to come back. So me it's too. good to have somebody <laughs> ring me in once in a while. <laughs> hey, so you didn't finish your train of thought. <laughs> so can we go back to that? Yes. I hope that I do that on my regular podcast when I'm talking you to do. myself. You're pretty good about it. Sweet. Okay, good. It's a it's a loop trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a loop trail. <laughs> so the one time there's there's a few times but the one time that sticks out in my head was actually it was funny the other day I was telling you Heather about the first stone that I picked out mm, yes and I'm actually going to talk about this on uh one of the podcasts it's coming up yeah one of them <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> but when I was pregnant with my first kiddo I was I was walking around and I came to this crystal shop little tiny crystal shop and I walked in and I was just like like man this place is freaking rad like this is amazing they got all these like pretty little crystals and plant things and whatever all this is and (laughs) and I thought to myself maybe I I'm just gonna look around and I'm gonna find something that really speaks to me like, whatever's jumping out at me, that's what I'm going to grab. And I was in there for, like, a solid 45 minutes just, like, perusing everything. And it was a really small shop, so it wasn't like I was really, like... Were you touching everything? I was really touching everything. Because <laughs> you have to in that shop. You know. and, 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 guys, it was with my giving hand. Oh. Oh, oh. girl. So naughty. <laughs> so, so naughty. <laughs> If you're if you're listening to this and you're wondering what the HU double hockey sticks I'm talking about here, so your dominant hand, which for all of you left-handers, that, that this would be your left hand, but your dominant hand is your giving energy hand. So when you're picking up crystals, you don't want to use the giving hand. You want to use your non-dominant hand, which is your receiving hand. So that way you can feel the energy of the crystal or stone or whatever you're picking up. The same goes for somebody else, too. I mean, well, I guess that's sort of a different node, which I'll talk about in a minute, I guess. But with crystals, you want to pick it up with your non-dominant receiving hand. So that way you can feel and understand that crystal's vibration to you personally. You receive the crystal's energy. Exactly. So then, you know, when I say that's why we all went, oh, God, was (laughs) when I used my dominant hand, I was giving the crystal my energy as opposed to receiving yeah, so it's... But that's also why you always clean them when you get them home. Yes. Because <laughs> how many people do you feel like are walking around that just, like, know that? The oh, lay person. Not, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> They're just, just using that dominant hand, getting their scuzzy energy all over the pretty crystals. <laughs> you God. never know what you're getting, man. I know, right? right? Oof. Woof. Yep. So Proceed anyway. with caution. Proceed and clean. Clean, clean. Clean, clean, clean. So yes, I walked into the crystal shop and I picked up Galena. And I thought to myself, ooh, this one feels real good. I like the way this one feels. And it still does when I pick it up to this day. I I pick it up and I'm like, ooh, I like you. You Use good crystal. My pretty. It feels so nice. So yes, Galena will be talked about at one of these podcasts. I'm surprised I didn't use that one as one of the initial episodes, but you know. Well, she's kind of an obscure stone. She is. You want to work your way 
Yes. <laughs> over to her. <laughs> I think I started with a pretty safe one. I started with rose quartz. Yeah. yeah. That's a good oh, one. Yes. 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 Which I kind of feel like maybe I should like go back and do like some more info because I feel like I only did like a little bit. And you maybe didn't I dive could, deep. I didn't dive deep. You could revisit. I'm going to revisit. I think I'm going to do it. Are you wearing rose quartz right now? I sure am. I'm wearing some <laughs> rose quartz. I got this one in Mexico. Nice. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I sure did. So you still haven't told us about how you experienced <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Trail. Oh, no. <laughs> We're Luby Island. We, we got to the Lorelei snort. Great. Great. <laughs> it's a gift to your audience. Oh, God. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm real sorry. Anyway, so that was like literally my first time ever really feeling like maybe I have some sort of like thing that, you know, that I'm able to like pick out and feel the energy of another thing mm. other than myself, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've probably had a majority of other empathic times even when I was like super religious you know like going to church and stuff I feel like a lot of uh, religious people they utilize a lot of the similar stuff that we do in our empathic practice and it's it's not that far reaching no it's really not you know I mean there's light language and people in like the Christian faith they speak in tongues Mm -hmm. yep you know and there's people in prayer that could be akin to meditation mm-hmm. you know there's yeah. lots of things that are similar you know what I mean and uh fire for cleansing and you know different things like that and um yeah I, I, I'd feel and then speaking to God that is I mean speaking to our spirit guides mm-hmm. and ascended masters that I don't see how that is so different from it's not it's doesn't you know well, and even just to speaking to source, you know, even beyond spirit guides, just speaking to source. Yep. Universe. Whatever your conception of the highest possible right. vibration. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever I mean, that is to you, right? God. Yes. <laughs> you know, and like I have, I feel like I have like baggage around using that particular that term totally. just because of like my upbringing has very specific meaning in my head. But when I speak to other people who are like very religious, I feel comfortable using it because the, in that instance, I'm like, okay, if I use this word, my precise energy is going to come across like what I mean, even though to me, like it's I don't something. say that because there's all kinds of emotion and stuff attached yeah. <laughs> to that particular word. Yeah. And that, that speaks to your empathic nature because you're able to read yes. what this person is really going to yes. hear and understand. Exactly. And, you know, it took me a long time to be okay with that. You yeah. know, like I felt for a while I was like, am I just like playing both sides of this? You know, like, yeah. I, like no, no. It's just that I can understand how to speak to people in a way that like the energy is coming across really crystal clear to them. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. It's okay to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I like this because I feel like Frenny has had like a solid like over a decade maybe even two decades three uh, about 25 years of pretty solid dude. practice in this and then heather <laughs> newbie d- d- newbie yeah and i feel like i'm kind of newbie too so we've kind of got a, a veteran 
and then we've got <laughs> and we've got the butter bars here. Yeah. Like just like you know, it's you know, it's really interesting though because for the first like, well, like even most of this time until like fairly recently, it's been fairly solitary. Like I feel like um, life brought people into my sphere that could be teachers for me. Um, specifically when I lived in San Diego, life brought me this incredible woman named Sherry Mm. who, um, married just like complete happenstance, right? Like, or as my current spiritual teacher would tell me, synchronicity, there are no accidents, No no coincidences, only synchronicities. So, like, I just happened to take, like, put an ad in Craigslist, and I just happened to get this job that just happened to be next door to this family whose aunt was their caretaker for their children. That was Sherry. And we just happened to be outside and started talking over the fence. And she was a spiritualist, and she ended up marrying a man who lives in Harmony Grove, which is one of the oldest spiritualist settlements in the United States. New. That's cool. And so I would go with them, like, and they would talk to me, and they would teach me these things, and they, and it was just such a humongous gift. And I also went to Waldorf teacher training where there was a lot of spiritualist stuff going on oh, there. Rudolf Steiner. Rudolf Steiner. Yay! Yes. I told you guys. No, I when you, you said that name, I was like, that's the Waldorf guy. Yeah, that's what, what that was what was going through my head. I was like, yes. dude, Freddie, whoever, oh, you told me about he, Rudolf Steiner. Yes, he's just a wealth of really interesting stuff. Um, but I, I met a lot of people through there too. So I've been given these gifts of people who were able to teach me stuff, but it has only been like in the last real like year or so where it's been like hard hitting, practicing, diving really deep and like learning and really like really, really figuring things out. Mm. So veteran, yes, but also a little bit of that newbie energy too, because like I'm really now starting to learn the deeper things. Well, it's really kind of amazing. I mean, granted, I've, like, we've established I'm very new at this, but, (laughs) I mean, I feel like the depth of, and, like, the amount of, like, places that you can go with this is just so vast. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just, like, so much knowledge that you can gain. So it's like, even if you've done it for 25 years, you're still going to be learning new things and figuring out new things, even just about yourself. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you evolve anyway. So it's like, there's there's always new things to learn about yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. Because we realize we're all just a bunch of onions. That's right. Just peeling the layers. (laughs) Just went to so many, Shrek. That's where I went with that one. Sorry. <laughs> but that's such a perfect analogy, though. So, you know, it's okay to, to go there. Or yeah. maybe a parfait. <laughs> oh, no, no, an onion. An layers. onion. Onion, got it. <laughs> yeah, because well, it's the inside. That's right, going not in, like in, in, in. Layered down. That's true. That's right. But parfait sounds so much more delicious. <laughs> well, parfaits are more delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> if you're going to decide between an onion and a parfait, I no mean, contest no, there. No, there really isn't. Sorry, all you onion eaters out there that are like, um, you're high as a kite. Um, <laughs> onions all the way. Yep. Yep, and there's my other segue. Segway number 52. Sorry, guys. Loop trail. Loop trail. Coming on back. 
Making it back. <laughs> That's right. So Waldorf, you were at Waldorf and you did what? all your training there. Yeah. And so what happened with Sherry and her partner after that? Like, did you get, how, did you guys We're continue? still friends. We're still friends. They, um, we moved away from San Diego. Sherry and um, her husband, Ralph, eventually moved to the East Coast, but we still stay in contact. Not like close contact anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're living on the East Coast. Oh, man. That's like a whole other world. I know, right? Well, that's where she's from. So, you know, she moved back. Oh, awesome. To be homesies. To be homesies. (laughs) The East Coasties. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So then you came back up here. I did. And, yeah. And you're still doing the thing. I'm because this is just who I am. And so I think this has always been who I am and how I am. And, um, you know, I can't ever be anybody else. <laughs> well, thank God for that. Thank Goddess. Thank Source. So, thank yeah. you, Divine, for that. <laughs> yes, it's true. And I, you know, I went through all that Waldorf teacher training um, and then decided that I wasn't going to teach, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, actually, I do teach. I homeschool my kids, but I don't, like, teach in a school. Okay, yeah. Because um, I, I also felt like um, the Waldorf method offered so much and anthroposophy. Ooh, that's a word. That's a heck of a word. And I know. An I really <laughs> loved that episode so much because, like, as a Waldorf person, I'm like, oh, girl, I know all of, <laughs> all of these things, right? <laughs> anthroposophy is, woo, there's a lot there. Big time. Um, and you learn you learn all of those things when you go through Waldorf teacher training. But I felt like, again, I was hitting, even though they will tell you anthroposophy is a philosophy, it's not a religion. A lot of Waldorf people take it as religion. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> um, oh and it's, it can be, it can start to feel constricting. It can start to feel like, oh, I have to be this or I'm bad. And as soon as that, like now with my upbringing, as soon as I hit up against that, as soon as I meet with like, you're either this or you're out. I'm like, mm-hmm. nope. And we're moving I'm going to move away from that. And be, being an empath, I'm super sensitive yeah. to yeah. that kind of energy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, can't do that. So you, you take the good and you move along. Yeah, which I kind of like doing. Like, I, I kind of like cherry picking stuff out of each, you know, religion. Because I feel like a lot of it has really great things to offer it does you know I will tell you something that Waldorf does really have to offer especially for people who tend to be empathic is they teach you how to read children really really well like they teach you how to like because children you know they're like these beautiful little like lightning rods of like pure intent and emotion right like there's no they don't have any of the adult filters that are learned yet which are so, hilarious too, by the way. Uh, the, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it's true. Why you gotta say what you shouldn't be saying right now? But I'm saying it in my head oh, anyway. <laughs> they're just—I'm telling you, my nephew is like the greatest example of this ever. He is like this pure little bottle of lightning, and I just love him so much. He just will say whatever, whatever is in his head, whatever he is feeling at any given moment, just right out of his mouth and like that's extraordinarily hard for his parents (laughs) 
so much love and compassion for what they are going through right now. (laughs) But from an outside perspective, he is this beautiful, just fireball of like, this is everything that's happening for me right now. And as a an empath, like I look at that and that just feels like freedom to oh, me. I love that. It's like I know like he is just pure. There's no like uh constrictions. There's no constriction, there's no pretense, there's nothing. I know like I when he says something to me, I know exactly that that's true and he's like giving that off right Mm -hmm. and from a teacher point of view like you have to learn how to look at that and look at like the higher spiritual meaning and meet them right there like look at them and like know how to appreciate this is not ill behavior Mm -hmm. this is not this child trying to um like misbehave this is this child just being who they are with their god-given talents their source given talents whatever and meet them in that place and that's what waldorf teaches you how to do is to like look past what society tells you is this is bad behavior this needs correction this needs you know all of these things and you know clearly his parents have to be his parents and they have to be able to look at him and say okay but you can't tell grandma to get out because that's not nice you know like you can't tell they, auntie that she's fat because that's right, not kind exactly so but he doesn't say that to me he tells me i look like Katy perry and i'm like i love you that might be why i love you so much here's all the cookies <laughs> All of the cookies, child. Keep keep doing that. But like from a teacher point of view, you have to meet it from like a different point of view. And Waldorf is really good at like, even if you aren't empathic, but especially if you are, teaching you how to like look at kids and read them that way. That is interesting. I'd like to make a comparison because you mentioned that you have to kind of meet your vibration of the child Mm -hmm. and I found that that is something similar that we do with our spirit guides yes because when you initially encounter your spirit guide they're vibrating at a very very high rate and so Mm -hmm. you feel them very acutely and you're I mean it depends on how you feel it like for me I I genuinely felt mine as just very like more like warmth and loving Um, same yeah and it's it's just like it's just different for some people it's like like an impressive amount of energy where it like makes your heart beat faster and you feel kind of tingly and like holy mackerel this is a lot of energy like almost like you're it's like being like if you've ever been by a lightning strike and you feel that heat that comes off Mm. of it and almost like a sparkly Mm -hmm. type that sort of what feels like other people's spirit guides that i've encountered before um but it's funny because one thing that you do in meditation is you try and meet them at their vibrational level so that you can hear and see them a little bit easier and so you meditate at like a certain hertz frequency raise your shit yeah raise it (laughs) raise Raise it it raise it up and then and then you know you can communicate more easily right so i found that to be interesting that that is a similar thing that you do in waldorf with children and it's i think that it's fascinating that a child who hasn't been taught quite how to filter 
things quite yet. They're just, you know, like you said, pure source energy. Yep. You know, this is just them. They have no no filter as to who they need to be or pretenses as to how they need to behave. They just are. Yeah. And so therefore they just kind of give off the things and say all yes. the things and yes. then, you know, later in life they start to realize, "Oh, I shouldn't say that because yep. that's inappropriate or that's not something that I should be saying because that might hurt somebody's feelings or whatever." They just kind of do and say and I find that very fascinating that we kind of have to meet them at that vibrational level in order for them to kind of understand maybe yes a little easier exactly so fascinating I think children are excellent readers of other people when they're young until they like have that like taught or punished out of them yeah they're Conditioned. conditioned out of them they're really good at reading people I'd be so curious how I would be if I didn't have all of that conditioning. conditioning. Well, that's that is the, the question, right? Of, you know, your spiritual journey is learning to decondition all of the things that you've learned in yes. your life because so many things that you've learned along the way are detrimental to your being and your growth. They're, they're, and your growth. Like you can't grow into be the person that you are meant to be while you're here on earth because maybe that person isn't exactly what society says is okay or what you should be. But you know what? We all have a unique purpose and a unique, like, you know, a a unique purpose of being here. And we have to be able to fulfill that despite what society says is okay. Right. You know that, 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 who said it? I think it was Bob Marley. Once a man, twice a child. Was that Bob Marley that said that? Ooh, Who said I that? I don't know, but I like that. <laughs> I have to. I have to look it up. But I there's there is a, a a quote that comes to mind that once a man, twice a child. And I always thought of it as the actual physical like transformation that a person goes through throughout their life. Right? Mm-hmm. You're you are an adult and you have your own responsibilities once, and then you move right back. It's like a it's like a bell curve, if you will. You start out as like no responsibilities. You're, you know, crap in a diaper. And, <laughs> hey, and you end up there. And then you go, you, you learn how to not do that. And then you go right back to it. But that's not what he meant. No, but I mean, that's not what he meant. But what's funny is that that's where immediately Lorelai's mind goes to. Because if you can involve you know, excrement, then I guess that's just even funnier, I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, since when are poop jokes not funny? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, I mean, it kind of goes along with the theme of returning to your that's childhood. That's right, innocence, exactly. Right? So. Poop in a diaper. Boom. <laughs> there you Full go. circle. Full circle. <laughs> and we're going back. <laughs> So, but anyway, I, I think that that is, that saying also goes for the spiritual aspect, but in a way reverse, you know, cause you start out in this very pure state where you don't have the filter and the conditioning and then you get conditioned and you're at this, this bell curve peak, right? Of like conditioning. You're and then all you're, jacked up. You're all messed up <laughs> <laughs> and you start wondering what the hell happened? What happened? Like, where did all of that freedom and that innocence go? I feel like I have all these responsibilities and all the things that are just constricting me from being who I am. And then you start going back 
to that state of source, like pure source energy. And then that would be sort of the end of your lifetime in a way, you know, but maybe that's the purpose of what we're supposed to be doing is realizing our own potential and realizing our power and coming back into it because we all start out with it in the very beginning, but then are conditioned out of it and then come back to it Yeah, in a way. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. I have a question. Can I ask a question? No, absolutely. Please ask a question. (laughs) (laughs) I love questions. They're my favorite. (laughs) I have a question for Heather. So you said that you are pretty new to this. Since you, like, uh, when did you get the term empath and that you then understood this is definitely my experience? That's part one. And part two is... Since you like have that awakening and understanding, have there been times where you like, can you speak to a time where you really felt strongly like this is an empathic situation that's happening right now? Um, well, I feel like I've, I have heard the term empath many times throughout my life. And so I kind of like knew what it was, but I didn't really associate it with it myself. Um, until recently and I just started like you know learning like listening to Lorelai's podcast and (laughs) then that led into a lot of different other you know like books and things that I like was researching to like figure things out because I was in a spot where I was just like I I was in a spiritual awakening which you know if you've ever been in a spiritual awakening yes it sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> See, you guys, really that's what does. I was talking about. It it's not zen. It's no, not like this really no, cute no. chick on the beach in her perfect outfit. No. It's like complete <laughs> upheaval of everything mm-hmm. that you know or hold to be true. And so when you're in that place where you're just like, well, shit, like what's real? You, the only thing that you're faced with is to figuring it out. Yeah. So you research and you dig and you look within yourself which was something that that was the newest thing for me was looking within myself and when I did that I was like oh (laughs) yeah well here here are the answers um but then once I started doing that I really could feel more acutely what I have been experiencing for a long time and identify it So, you know, like, like I said, like I've, you know, I can experience people's emotions and reflect them back to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always like recognized that I've done that, but didn't really understand what was happening. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm just like a really like emotional person. Like people affect me. Like I didn't make that connection until I really like had this like awakening. And I was just like, oh, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about that is realizing that I'm doing it I can kind of like protect my own energy a little bit better Mm -hmm. and I can read like you were saying like you can read children the good thing about being empathic is you can read people and choose to surround yourself with people that are going to have positive energy positive influence on you and you on them like you know you you choose to be around people that you know you can tell are good people mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. able to read who people are because you have this ability yeah. mm-hmm. which yeah. is huge i don't know 
follow-up question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if I really answered your question, but okay. Go. Forgive me. I like to ask questions. <laughs> no, I love I love the questions. This is why we are how we are now. <laughs> go for it. Okay. Go. <laughs> so you also said that you are somebody who um, is really good with boundaries, which is an exceptional quality to have. Dude. <laughs> Especially for an empath. <laughs> and it is a quality that I have had to um, and continue to uh, have to learn how to do. Yeah. Do you, has that always been the case for you where you've always been like, your body is just naturally like, boop, boundary. Yeah. Wiles up. <laughs> and do you feel like um, that, um, I think this is a softball question, but do you feel like that makes it easier for you as an empath to be able to do that? Um, so I, I definitely haven't always been good with boundaries. That's something that has come from a lot of pain and turmoil in my mm. life. Um, and I think that being em- empathetic, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when I was going through all of that, made it those situations in my life a lot worse. And yeah. because of that, I was like, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, the only coping mechanism I, you know, I had to learn was yeah. throwing up walls. Yeah. So when I'm in a situation where I don't, you know, feel good or whatever, I'm around somebody that has really negative energy, I have to I throw up. up a wall. Yeah, I throw up a boundary. And it, it does help, but, I mean, it also hinders you know it's it's a it's a good quality to have but it also comes at a detriment as well because I put up walls really easily in places that they shouldn't be so that's the empathetic work now right now I have to learn how to healthy boundaries and how to cope with feeling other people's emotions and dealing with other people's energy like, I need to learn how to deal with that without putting up a boundary. Yeah. Like, learning how to ground where you are, in a sense, instead of uh, separating yourself right from somebody else's energy. Because, I mean, that happens to me a lot at work because, you know, it'll be a great day and everybody has great energy and we can talk and, and do stuff. But then there's quite a few days, especially now, where it's like... It is. It is a cluster of horrible energy. And so 100%. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, but the thing is, the the last thing that I want to do, even though, you know, in in my rational brain, I'm like, well, this, it seems like this would be a good idea. But knowing what we know now, and being in the empathic realm is the last thing that I want to do is put a wall up in between me and somebody else that I truly care about, even though I know they are having a craptastic day you know and so the energy that they're giving off is not one that is something that's normal and I know that their good energy is really good energy you know and it's the same and vice versa I don't want people to put up you know boundaries in between or or walls in between me and them because I know that I have really good energy when I'm feeling good you know and I have a lot to offer when I when I'm not in a horrible mindset yeah (laughs) stressed out (laughs) and it's impossible for everybody to have good energy all all the time (laughs) so 
I see two possibilities of ways that we need to talk right now. Oh. First one is, how do you in your life differentiate between people who are just having a bad day and energy vampires? Oh. Because oh, as an empath, we <laughs> all have those. Oh, my god! And then follow up to that. Yeah. <laughs> is what how, how do you we've all talked about like okay we need to ground that energy we need to get rid of it what do you do because I'm sure that there must be people listening to this especially who are newbies or are listening to this going oh my god I'm an empath huh. yeah. and yes you so are congratulations what, how, how, welcome to the club so I feel like garbage because I've taken all this energy what do I do with it what does grounding it look like oh, so for each it. of us that must be different I actually came up with a really, really good way because I didn't really understand what that understood what that meant for what, the longest time. Yeah. Yourself? Yes, yeah. and so you know, because I have these amazing tarot cards that I use, um, and one of the cards says, you know, you have all this abundance that come to you, or you have this desire that that you have had for a number of years, ground it. And I'm like, well, why would I do that? And it's the same concept with negative energy, grounding the energy. And I guess the concept that came to my brain was like, whenever you have a seed, you plant it. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing as grounding it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're putting it in the ground and giving it the opportunity to turn into something good or to just become one with the earth. Mm -hmm. And so when you ground negative energy, you're giving it the opportunity to become something better, Mm -hmm. but you're allowing it to be set free from you. And, and the same thing goes for something good that comes your way. You Let ground, it sprout. Yes. Wow. Ground the energy to allow it to become something good also. Because all of it has the possibility to do so, but you have to allow that to happen by sending it back to the earth. So in a practical sense, what does that look like for you? Like what are you actually doing yeah. to make that process happen? So the first thing that always comes to my mind is going outside barefoot. <laughs> nice. Totally. Yeah. Barefoot. Outside. Oh, like sitting in the grass or even just walking in the grass. Or I particularly lately have um, been loving just gardening. Yeah. Oh, even yeah. like just getting my hands in the dirt. Yes. Yeah. Um, just doing anything outside in the garden has been great. Um, or another thing that I really love doing is just getting in water. Oh, yes. yeah. Even just yes. showering. Yes. Because it, like, even just like, standing in the the water running over you mm-hmm. just like you can just envision it taking washing mm-hmm. all of that negative energy mm-hmm. off out of your body and down the drain just yes. taking it away mm-hmm. yes it's very cleansing. cleansing yes and that is actually described in many different cultures around the world for centuries mm-hmm. that they utilize water wow. yes. and cleansing baths as a way to either cleanse themselves and their spiritual energy or as a ritual to prepare them for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to do a shameless plug for one of my books. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the water is a is one of the uh, spiritual practices of the Cherokee, although they may call it something different. That was just the one that I saw that was repeated. That they called yeah. it going to the water, and it was a way for them to ready themselves for their own for their day or or a, or a hunt or whatever. They would give thanks to each cardinal direction and to their spirits and you know source energy, if you will. And 
Going to the Water is also the name of the book, and it's excellent, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. (laughs) But it wasn't from me this time. It was Heather. So then that makes it a commercial, right? (laughs) It just became a commercial. (laughs) Shameless plug. Commercial. But it's, you know, it's, I, I love, I love that in particular. And that's the reason why I called it going to the water because I feel such a connection. I feel like most empaths do. Yeah. Even definitely. if you aren't an empath, I feel like a lot of people have this draw to water. Totally. Yes. And although I will say, although just getting in the bath or the shower does work, it's a whole other level when you get in like natural yep. bodies of water. Dude. I just had it's that experience like just this week. Hugely oh different <laughs> and just like transformational. Also, another thing that I have used, which I didn't realize I was doing this when I like you know when I was doing it when I was a lot younger, but now I I know that this is what it is. But <laughs> even just like going on hikes. Just being in any, like, natural area is just, like, hugely transformative to me. Like, it recharges me. It cleanses me. I just feel so, like, closer to source and just, just, like, completely different when I, you know, when I'm out in nature. It's huge. Yes. So what, and you said you'd had the similar experience this week. Oh, yeah. I went to, um, I went out to this place where there was, um, a really big Creek. Like it looked more like a river to me, but, um, whatever, everybody there called it the Creek. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, <laughs> That's what we're calling it. Great. You know, there were, there were rapids and there was a spot that was really, really deep. It was like chest high water. And I was able to get up on these big flat rocks where the, the Creek ran over the rocks, but not like in a real strong fashion, just enough that I could lie down on the flat rocks and let the water wash over all of my body. Dude. And I just laid there for what most must have been a half an hour, just laying there. And it was incredible because I could feel the energy just washing out of my body and washing down stream. And it was so profoundly relaxing and wonderful. That sounds super luxurious. It really was. It really was marvelous. Oh my I have god! To say. I want to do that. <laughs> Any opportunity you have as an empath to get in water, do it. Do it totally. Do it totally. I uh, I find that I find the most res- restoration at um, the beach for me. Okay. Well, that's moving water too, though. Yeah. It's the same thing, like pulling in, like that wave motion is really... Yeah, and that's sort of at the, the mercy of, you know, the current and the tides mm-hmm. and the, you know, lunar structure. Oh, yeah. I have to look that up. Like, I'm very curious as to the whole concept of lunar tides and how, like, the the oceans respond to mm. the lunar changes and then even with the female physiology like female physiology because well, you're all water too pull. yeah <laughs> the gra- gravitational pull and water so it's i know it has a huge effect on you because we're like what like 75 or something percent water yeah oh, oh heather mm. that was good i like that <laughs> Food for thought. <laughs> well, and there's lots of anecdotal evidence about people, particularly children, behaving way differently 
during like full lunatics. Moon. Yeah, <sighs> like during full moons. Yeah. Like in Waldorf, that's a thing. They're like, okay, so here's the full moon on the calendar. Everybody know that nobody's going to be listening or doing anything that we want them to do <laughs> during this day right here. Oh, my God. <laughs> and henceforth with our children as well. Oh, they decide, goodness. I'm going to wake up at 3 o'clock uh-huh. in the morning and that's oh, my day. Yeah. Yep. That's stupid. It's a true story. <laughs> Those are the worst days. <laughs> like, oh, no amount of alcohol. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Which is also very grounding, it by is. the way. Definitely. Yeah. Junk food. Junk food. <laughs> Not the sugar. healthiest way to ground yourself, but. Yes. Um, but the other thing, I mean, since, you know, you love talking crystals yeah if you can't get out to into nature or like you know outside by whatever I mean I'm a nurse I work in a hospital and so obviously if I encounter like really negative energy while I'm at work I can't just go outside and ground myself so crystals that's (laughs) such a good tool it it really is and like I said I am really good at throwing up boundaries but as a nurse I can't really do that with my patients because I have to be emotionally available for them because that's part of being a nurse part of my job you know and I recognize that and so I you know I actively make sure that I don't do that with them but I have to have a way to protect myself in those situations and so I use crystals and so my favorite one to use is hematite and I wear it on my ankles mm, yeah. I think I'm all of work. us have hematite we do <laughs> all of us have hematite on our ankles right now that's yeah, pretty funny actually I don't um, oh. <laughs> I, I only wear the hematite on my ankles while I'm at work because that's smart though it's, some, it's something that I need particularly yeah, in that that's situation um, and I wear it on my feet because it sends the energy down, down to the ground. You're just a clever monkey. Way to use your tools appropriately. That's awesome. <laughs> You're so I smart. I love that. <laughs> I just wear it all the time. I'm like, hmm, armor. Well, I used to wear it all the time, but I found out that I found that I don't, because I have the prop. like I'm, I recognize that I have the problems with these, my throwing up walls I don't necessarily need that grounding energy around me all of the time yeah. but sometimes I do mm-hmm. so I just feel like especially when I'm at work I wear it then but that's something that you have to learn for you specifically I mean for me I can only wear it sometimes for you maybe you need to wear it all the time because yeah. you feel people's emotions so much yeah. more and you have those problems with putting up boundaries it's true yeah. i can't even go to the grocery store without coming home and being like oh yeah oh my god as i said there's a spectrum of empaths yes we just happen to be on opposite ends <laughs> yes which is so good because then you guys can talk about it and like new tools and new yeah. ways of doing things. It's true. And I think it's such a, like, that dichotomy is such a beautiful argument for, like, empath, know thyself. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> know thyself because it's going to get real weird. That's right. Where real are you, Lorelai? You're, like, right in the middle. I'm right yeah, in the middle. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Shocking. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Everybody hold on to your butts. <laughs> no. I, I feel like I, um, I'm really good about taking or feeling other people's energy, but I'm also really good about um, 
I feel like I, I imagine, I, I feel like I'm, I duck feather a lot of it off. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like people will throw negative things at me, but I'll just, I won't, it's like I don't even realize it's happening. You're like, swerve. Swerve. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you need to teach me some more about that. I'm so. Well, I'm not saying that it's like that all the time. There are certain people where I get, I they, that they'll throw things at me and I, I, I catch it and I hold on to it. Yeah. And I've had to learn yeah. how to ground it. But there are, I mean, it's funny. So I have this, I have a story. Here we go with another segue. Excellent. <laughs> All the segues. All the segues. So I remember um, I used to rock climb. I rock climbed for like, gosh, almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I was at the rock climbing gym with my husband and our friends, we had like a big group of friends that we'd go rock climbing with. And we basically, like, we were the gym. Like, we were right. the people at this gym, and we would go out and rock climb out in like the bouldering areas and all that. But at any rate, there were these uh, two guys that came in, and they were like, I know all about rock climbing. Like, they came <laughs> in, like, kind of like, oh yeah. <laughs> I know how to do that problem. <laughs> I don't need any beta. I got that. I know how to do that problem. <laughs> and it's like, great. Okay. Cool, is, is a problem what they call the roots? Yeah. So, okay. So, roots. well, routes are on the rock walls. So the when, when you top rope, when you have the ropes, that's a route. But when you're on a boulder... That's a problem. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. for lay people, because I don't rock climb. So I'm like, what problem is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the existence of life itself. No, okay. no, no. The, the the rock climbing route on a boulder is a problem. Okay. So, sorry, I should have defined that. Thank okay. you for thank you for you're putting welcome. that out there. Because I'm sure you're not the only one who's like, wait. <laughs> what is she talking what about? What are you even <laughs> saying right now? Oh, God. Oh, boy. Um, so, anyway, yes, we were, we were looking at the boulder, and we were taking turns on this one particular problem. And they went up, and, you know, of course, I offered a couple of little... So, you know, when you, when you offer, like, oh, try this, it's called beta. Like, oh, okay. um, so, like, if you do this here and try that, and they're just like, oh, okay. And they started making fun of me, and I guess I didn't even, like, realize it, because I was just kind of like, no, 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 I don't care, like, doing my own thing in my happy little Lorelai world, and, like, one of my friends, one of my friends, Shannon, was just like, yeah, well, I guess it's just way over your head, guys, and, like... <laughs> They had no idea. They were so mad. Oh, they were so, wow. And I was just kind of like, did I miss something? Like, what even just <laughs> Oh, wow. And that's sort of like a pretty good snapshot as to when I'm in a situation, I'm, for the most part, I feel like I'm not really paying attention to what other people are saying about me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. unless they come up to me and are directly speaking to me. Like, I, I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know, I don't, I've got, I'm, I'm in my own realm and my own, oh, especially gosh. when like my energy is really good and I'm happy and I'm in my zone. Like that was rock climbing for me. Like I, yeah. that was my thing. It made me feel good in my body. It made me feel good in my environment. And so like doing that, I didn't care what anybody was doing. I was just being me and doing the things. And so. Yeah. But that's very similar to how I feel like I am as a person and an empath. You know, I'll just be going about my business, especially if it's like, if I'm feeling good in my body and I feel like I'm vibrating really high, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I take on a lot of the negativity that maybe gets spat at me. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Side step it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> no big wow. deal, I guess. Like, oh, 
love and light to you, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, But I, I feel like that's always how, how I've been, just sort of like head up in the air and not really. I need the grounding. Mm-hmm. Really, really need the grounding. Where <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm like super grounded. Yeah. But you are, are like, woohoo. I'll bring you up, girl. <laughs> I get you up there, girl. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 me. Like I feel like I I I um, sidestep it, but not all the time. I mean, we can't always. Well, sometimes things are in your face and you can't ignore you them. You can't right. ignore it. Yeah. That's yeah, good. that's a good quality to be able to have. Yeah, just ignore it or not be able to really see it. Really, right. I don't really ignore it. I just don't. I don't know what's happening. It doesn't stick to you. It does not stick. Hmm. I am not glue. Rolls <laughs> off your back. Yes, like a duck feather. <laughs> Thank you. That's mm. what's my initial thought was. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Not so no sponge. <laughs> So energy vampires. Oh yes, back. We're we're. Thank you for keeping us on track. Loop trail. <laughs> loop trail. Appreciate for any whoever. Shocking it's that it's the, the teacher of the, the group, homeschool right? teacher. Exactly. I'll bring you back. Yay! <laughs> okay. All the winning. So energy vampires. Um, so I feel like I have a couple of energy vampires at work. Mm-hmm. Me too. And. It's funny because they're not like bad people. They just, they don't know. It's like they they don't know how to regenerate or generate their own positivity. And so they take from you mm-hmm. and they don't reciprocate. Mm-hmm. And so I come home and I feel just freaking drained. Like I feel like I just ran a marathon. I just want to sleep and like just lay in bed and just be like, oh my God, I need chocolate. And I need Harry Potter. Yeah. And I need... <laughs> yeah. And I need, and I need some... I need a bath. You need a bath? I need a bath. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is the most eloquent way of describing how to know the difference, but I feel like it's really hard to know whether they're an energy vampire or just having a bad day initially. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get to know somebody a little bit better or have more frequent interactions with them, I feel like... If you have times where you're like jiving, like they're mm-hmm. they're cool, like mm-hmm. you're you know they have good energy, then they're probably just having a bad day. Yes. But if there's somebody where every single time you're around them, you're like, I have to get away from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need a minute. I need they a break. Are probably an energy vampire. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a couple people that I that I have at work where I'm just like every time I work with them, I'm like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because it's draining yeah it is yeah. I knew that I know I, I was listening to this one guy talk one time and uh, I can't I don't really he looked like he was some kind of a spiritual leader of some kind but um, he was talking about energy vampires and there actually are two different types of energy vampires I feel like you're about to say what I was just thinking go well ahead. you know how that goes <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so there is an inherent energy vampire, which mm-hmm. is one that they're just, that is who they are. They're just, they suck energy from other people who have good energy. Mm-hmm. And then there are the ones that are going through kind of like a life crisis. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. and they, they drain your energy because literally they're in like the lowest place that they can be mm-hmm. and they don't know how to pick themselves up. And so it's like, I feel like those people we willingly give our energy to mm-hmm. because like you want them to get better. You want yep. them to bring themselves back up because like you said, Heather, you know, you know, when people, when you're driving with people and they're doing well and you're doing well and you're reciprocating each other's good energy, it's good. Mm-hmm. And you know that this person has good energy, but right now they've gone through this, you know, life crisis or whatever, right. you know, they have, you know, they, their partner dies or, yeah. you know, their, their child dies mm-hmm. or, you know, those are the, obviously death is one of those things that mm-hmm. really, you know, hits you in a very visceral way. That's the one thing that always comes to mind first, yeah. but, you know, loss of a job or, mm-hmm. you know, the, any sort of ending in some kind of way, it could manifest in many different ways throughout a person's lifetime that can be very, damaging in a way yeah yeah I feel like those types of energy vampires aren't they're not purposeful but they are in a way but they're not inherent well yeah it's not a permanent state yeah right right right. whereas like there's some people that that's just (laughs) like you said who they are yeah but like you know if you meet somebody and they're like going through a cancer treatment or something oh yeah you know they're they're doing that not I mean obviously they're not purposely doing it but like they're in that state because that's that you know there's there's no other way for them to be like right or like yes. if somebody dies there's no other way that they know how to be you know they're in the lowest of the lows they're in the trenches they yeah. they're showing and the only way that they know how to be is to pull energy from other people mm-hmm. that's how they're surviving yep. but they're not always going to be that way. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They're going to get through it to the other side. That's right. So I have um, some lived experience with, I, for me, I actually have three categories Ooh. of energy vampire. <laughs> Subtle difference between the first two, but like really for real difference <clears throat> um, between them. So the first one is what you would call the inherent energy vampire. And this was somebody that um, I made friends with in um, high school. And we were very close for a really long time. Um, And she, you know, like as an empath, I could look at her and I felt such pity for her Mm. because she had had such a hard life. How other empaths can recognize these particular um, energy vampires, like the first thing that should make your little antenna stand up on end and start vibrating, is um, they want to be with you all the time. Oh. They want to be around you. They want to, like, it's this very strong pull toward of you toward them. And, like, inherent energy vampires seek out usually not consciously although sometimes like if they have sociopathic tendencies <laughs> yeah yeah they will do it consciously but i feel like most inherent energy vampires don't do it consciously yeah. usually because these are people who've experienced extraordinary trauma in their young childhoods oh, God. and so they want they latch on like everything in them is like this open receptor that is just like a gaping hole Mm. that can never ever be filled and they come into the energy space of an empath and they're like yeah (laughs) they want to hold on to 
every single thing about you. And she really did. She had like a vice grip around my whole entire being. And there was nothing that I could do with other people that wasn't offensive to her and wasn't threatening to her. I couldn't have relationships with other people. Even though she she and I were friends, every other kind of relationship that I had was a threat to her. And and she just was like latched on to every single thing about me. And I was always tired and always like feeling like I was never enough and I couldn't ever give her enough. And I just wanted to give her enough because she would keep bringing up but I have this like this is my life and you have to help me and you have to make it better and you're everything to me and like that kind of that is like when you meet someone who's like immediately like I want to be everything with you that as an empath you need to be like okay like 10 big steps backwards and big boundaries there because that is going to be a black hole um and I have heard it said that like narcissists and empaths are like perfect storm um she was not a narcissist and that's that can be another kind of major energy vampire vampire. yeah (laughs) um but in my lived experience it was that that particular kind like the real damaged people who just like they don't even understand how to handle (laughs) anything other than just taking and taking and taking because they cannot fill that void the other kind is a little different from that where it's I call them people who are sloppy energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are people who are just like yours, right? Like perpetual <laughs> oh complainers, right? I totally like know those they are. <laughs> like they're not meaning to be energy vampires. They're just like you ask them how that how they are and it's they always have a reason. It's but it's always like God, my car broke down today and then I couldn't, you know, I was late to work and I forgot my lunch and it's like all these things. And as an empath, your intuition is to be like, oh, okay, well here, let me share with you. Oh, here, let me bring you up so that, you know, like Heather said, you're not falling down. But it's this perpetual pattern. There's never a day where they're like, like even on a good day, they're like, Oh, well, you know, okay, well, it wasn't terrible today, but, you know. like Still it's, woke up and have a headache. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it's never, ever, ever, like, their energy is good. It's always this yeah. negativity, always. Yeah. And I, I have a girlfriend like that, and I just had to be like, okay. Yeah, too much. <laughs> We're going to, every once in a while, I will connect with you, but I have to be over here because that's draining. Yeah. It's just draining. And then the third kind is just exactly what you guys are talking about. And I have a couple of girlfriends who are going through this right now where it's like, I know these people to be wonderful, giving, loving human beings who really are like great friends and they will come through it, but are going through the worst experiences of their lives right mm-hmm. now. And Like, as an empath, for me, like, I have to make the choice of, like, okay, so this is going to require significant energy for Mm -hmm. me to show up for these people. Yeah. So I have to determine, okay, how many other people do they have in their life Mm -hmm. who's capable of providing for them? And how much do I really have to give them? Yeah. And for one of my girlfriends who just went through a horrible death... And she's just, 
she is in a dark night of the soul right now. I show up for her every single time because I feel like she really doesn't have a lot and she only reaches out to me when it's real, real bad and she really needs, and she's very clear, like, I need a pep talk right now or I just need you to listen to me, you know? But, and it's been months and months and months and I know it will be months and months and months more because this was... A foundational person for her mm-hmm. who died yeah um I will show up for her every single time and yeah. give her whatever she needs even though I know it's going to be a long time yeah. she still needs that yeah. you know and I'm happy to give it to her because I know on the other side of that is going to be my friend again right yes. who's going to be there yeah she's <sighs> not continually taking she's just no. like this is what I need right now and I feel like that's what friendship is, right? You know what I mean? When you when you show up as yeah. an empath for your friend, you know what I mean? Because they're not, like you were saying, inherent energy right. vampires. But I just feel like with friendship and empaths, you have to be really cognizant of like each relationship and who that person is. Mm-hmm. Because like if you're not an empath, there's always going to be like this open portal for you, right? And it feels really good to be with an empath because they will just give you all the, the love that you need, the attention that you need, the good feelings that you need. So you have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Always. So you're not drained at the end, right? Yes. That can be really challenging. Have you experienced anything like that as of late, Miss Newbie Empath? Um, I was, I, when you said, when you started talking about um, the type of energy vampire where they're um, narcissists. Yes. That's like a whole other different type. It is. It's that same inherent, but different flavor, right? Yeah, it's a totally different flavor. I have this one person that I work with, which, why is it always at work? It's always, (laughs) I swear at work. uh, Well, I guess we're just in a, we're both in a profession where, you know, you encounter so many different people. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's why. But I have this one person that I work with that there is nothing that I do that is good enough. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Dude. Uh-huh. And and it's not just me. It's literally everybody that we work with. There's yeah. nothing that anybody does that is good enough yeah. for this person. Mm-hmm. She's one of those people that is always on a high horse. And so it's like, you know, it's like you're, well, I feel like I'm a person that wants to you know make people happy mm-hmm. and i want to feel good in the type of work that i'm doing mm-hmm. and when you're around somebody that's constantly like putting you down mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just like yes. do i just suck <laughs> or am i not do, like working hard like and you know i i've had conversations with my other coworkers where you know i'm like what like do it. Do I suck? Like, <laughs> you got to check in. What's happening know. here? Like, why am I? Keep, why do I keep getting this like really terrible input from this person? They're just like, no, that's just her. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so it's not. It's not me. It's her continually, you know, just you know, making putting, herself feel better by putting everybody else down. Yes, and I I say that she's an energy vampire because. When you're around somebody like that, you are continually having this high output. Mm, Yes. You're constantly trying to operate at 
your highest level because you're continuously getting this you're not good enough yeah Mm. yep yep which is hard it is (laughs) yeah absolutely i don't like that at all that's like one of my least favoritest things yeah (laughs) well and i i even think just like as an empath in the world it's really easy to get that message even when you're not unfortunate enough to work with somebody who specifically will say that to you just because the world is such like can be such a place of like a vacuum of positivity and you know energy and love and we'll just take and take and take and take and take yeah you know you it's really easy to get that message of you're not enough because (laughs) i'm giving you everything i've got yes you know you got to be really careful about like okay so i'm just one person you know i'm one empathic battery it takes many of us to like fill the void of the world you know yeah well and it's like that whole concept of you know you know, when you're in the airplane, you put the oxygen mask on yourself right, first before you put it true. on your kid. Like, you you only have so much to offer before you are completely drained, and then you are no good to anybody. Right. That's right. So you have to be able to, you know, recharge yourself to, yeah. in order to help other people. Right. Because right. nobody's going to take care of you like yourself. Right, I've always struggled with that concept. Though. Yeah, always struggled with that concept because, like, the empath part of me wants to be like, but, 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 yeah, <laughs> but I can fix it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I can if I just push hard enough. <laughs> I'll fix it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but then you hit rock bottom, and then you're like, and then you're like, oh, yeah, no, no, I can't. I can't do that. I can't. I can't do it anymore. And then you have to scrape yourself up off the floor, and that's not a fun feeling, at all. So when we do encounter those energy vampires, and sometimes it's just unavoidable right Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna come across them i guess the best thing to do would be to find some water somewhere take a bath take a shower yes run through the sprinklers yeah go outside go go for a walk go for a walk even if it's just around your neighborhood i mean being outside seeing the trees and the flowers and having the wind on your face yeah put your bare feet in some grass and yeah. then fill yourself back up again with whatever brings you just joy. Yes. You know that whatever is, that looks like. You know, you know what that's really you know what's really good for that? What? Meditation. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. True. <laughs> it's true. Well, you can even ground yourself through meditation. I mean, if you're sitting there, you just imagine, you know, your root chakra lit up. Mm-hmm. Imagine a beam or a rope of light just going from your root chakra down to the center of the earth mm-hmm. and tethering you there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. very grounding. That is yeah. really grounding. Sending all of your, and just like imagine all of your negative energy, everything that you're trying to release, just send it down. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. One of the meditations I did, um, I did that with, I think mine was a chain though. I don't, either way, perfect. Rope, yeah. chain, some Whatever kind of something, something or other going down to anchor yeah. you to the center yes. of the earth. And then having a beam of light come through your your crown chakra and then meeting right at your your heart center mm. or your solar plexus. But I feel like your heart center is sort of like the epicenter for yeah. both divine and earth light, yeah. right? Yes. Well, it's like where it separates, right? Yes. Yep. So, like, meeting there, and I almost almost envision, like, the light source becoming a hand and grabbing hold of the rope or chain and, like, 
shaking it off, if you will, Mm -hmm. and shaking off whatever grime or whatever buildup is on the chain or the rope. All your earthly nonsense. All of that just down, (laughs) off of it, off of it. And then it just glows super bright. And then infuse your body with all of the divine beauty and love that you deserve. Yep. That's right. And that you need (laughs) to be an empath. Yep. And to give back. Yeah. Yeah. To continue. (laughs) To keep on keeping on. To keep on moving through this. This once a man, twice a child life. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I think we did pretty good. I think we did really well. Yeah. The uh, the 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 how you know you're an empath beginner's guide. We could probably spectrum. have like three or four more conversations about all of this <laughs> oh my for God. sure. I feel like this could be like hours. Yeah. In yes. which case, the listeners are going. Please, they're no. gonna fall asleep. <laughs> I'm all done now. <laughs> I feel like to. my first description was a little bit rocky, but I got better as we went on. Right? You just keep going. You keep talking, and eventually you figure it out. That's right. <laughs> but that's like a metaphor for your whole, like, podcast. the whole podcast. Yeah. You like, just keep on talking. It's coming. It's whatever. It's going to get there. Even it. just, like, yeah. the concept of it, right? Like, you just keep learning these things and keep going. Yep. It just kind of steamrolls into where you need it to be. That's right. Exactly so. And magic. (laughs) Okay, well, I think this was great. I hope that you guys come back for some more fun chats. Thank you for having us. Of course. Well, I hope you guys liked it. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you again uh, next week. Love and light to you all. Love and light. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.